Yo, welcome to another edition of the Zay Coleman podcast. I know this is, this one is coming out like hella late, and that is my fault because I'm in Loki waiting for my homie to text me back. First of all, we might be getting back to back episodes for the first time in a long time. Specifically, uh, was it March 14th? Was the last time we did back to back episodes, 13th and 14th. But yeah, today obviously we're going to be getting uh an episode uh basically. Just uh, tying down most of uh, the playoffs this year, obviously, or this the first round at least. Because again, most of, most of the first round is done. I know Minnesota and Memphis are going to have another classic tonight, and Loki praying for uh, Minnesota and Memphis or Memphis to win this game because we could potentially having to run back on the podcast this weekend. If all right, so if Memphis wins today, say Memphis wins today, he'll probably be back tomorrow. We'll probably be doing it tomorrow. If Minnesota wins, and this goes to a game seven, obviously the game's at 3.30 on Sunday, so he'll pro- we'll probably be doing the podcast after Sunday, which I'm all for. I'm absolutely happy for uh, – I'll be happy to – I'm just happy to get the bro back on the podcast again because these are episodes that y'all clamor for, which is wild to me that y'all actually ask for these episodes with – me and Ryan, because yes, we are entertaining. And Ryan definitely does do a lot of of heavy load when he when he's on the podcast. But it's like it's just it's dope that y'all get to like actually request these episodes and like y'all genuinely want me and Ryan to just because <laughs> we when we get on here we do be goofing off for like two hours and it's it honestly is the best time ever and I really do appreciate y'all. But yeah, like I said, I hit him up earlier. It was like because I I really don't know because again I wanted to keep on schedule. With uh doing the Tuesday and Friday, obviously we didn't do a Tuesday this week because the my my whole situation, but I really wanted to uh get bro on for today's episode, and I was like, let me hit him up first, and I was like, hey bro, you want to do the podcast even before Minnesota and Memphis, or you want to do it like a little bit after the game on Sunday, just because again the whole point of these, well, because again we mentioned it in our uh. Play in a playoff predictions in for the first round it was like hey we I'm definitely gonna have bro back on for the second round and because like I said you get in shoot he was actually the one that brought it up I had for completely forgot about that but it's like yeah I definitely want bro to uh come back for the second round and I was like do you want to do a second round knowing that Minnesota Memphis probably is going to go to a game seven and I was like sure bro he was like hey if you want to do uh the podcast on so like Sunday or whatever I'm all for it. We will still be doing a Tuesday episode, obviously, which means we'd be doing three podcasts in four days, five days, which, again, I'm happy to do it, bro, because, like I said, I'm mostly free. Every now and then I got something to do. Every now and then, you know, I got other places to be. But for the most part, when it comes to podcast time, I usually am 110% prepared to do a podcast. And if I'm doing them for you, I'm doing I'm doing these for y'all, bro. I absolutely love doing podcasts. Don't get, don't get it twisted. But, like, these episodes where I try to get in Ryan and try to get Matt and John and those boys on, like that's these episodes. Those episodes are for y'all, bro. Because again, I just want to get y'all the best entertainment possible. And like these are my guys that, like I said, these are my day ones. So like, of course, I'll, I'll reward y'all, getting y'all a little sneak peek in what I go through on a daily. But again, updates. Uh, still planning on a trip to Virginia in, uh, sorry, starting Memorial Day weekend. Usually, it'll probably be a summer thing. 
y'all again, y'all probably be getting a lot of mobile podcasts unless because I'm likely flying. That's I'm still trying to figure that out because again, plane tickets to DC are hell right now. So I'm trying my best to <laughs> potentially get a a, a a ticket to uh, Virginia within a decent price range. If not, I'll be making that 15 hour long ass trek to Virginia in a in, my, in the Toyota Camry. So uh, yeah. Nonetheless, though, basic basic point is if I can get you know my regular setup for the podcast done. Sure, I'll, by all means, I'll do it. If not, it'll definitely be a situation where I gotta, I gotta work with what's given to me. With that being said, though, I do want. All right, so this this is basically just a review episode. Literally, this is just a review episode of the first round. Obviously, the first round every day is giving us a treat. No matter what, if it's a game that's a 25 point game, we were having barn burners likely in the Eastern Conference. You know, if it was a serious situation where uh, Toronto was or the Toronto Philly games were were blowouts, then we got Boston Brooklyn games that were uh, literally all classics. That we can that we would write home about, even though Boston won 4-0, this was probably the most competitive 4-0 series that we've had. In a long time. With that, I guess, I guess. With that being said, like I said, these are we'll start off with review, like basically uh, footnotes or notes in general, just for teams that lost. Brooklyn, they do have to address the the perimeter in the off season. I know they won't have; they'll have little, little to no uh, cap space to actually you know, fit, trying to, you know, to fix that issue. But perimeter shooting, and I know that's not going to help with Ben Simmons coming back, but perimeter shooting and a legitimate defensive big man is definitely going to be something that they're going to have to work on because under Drummond absolutely is not it. Nico Claxton is, you know, is good of a, 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 a limb. A, a, Jesus, I'm, compet- I'm combining two words. Lob threat as he is, a lob threat and a guy that can block a shot or two. Does get eaten up in the pick and roll and on the glass a lot, and that's definitely something they're they're going to have to address, especially if they're going to be playing teams like Boston where they run three and four big men in a rotation at a time. Like that's definitely going to be a situation that unless you're playing like the Miami Heat who run PJ Tucker at center, it's definitely going to be a situation that you uh, are going to have to deal with in the off season. Or do deal with next season, I should say, with Ben Simmons coming back and all of that. Now, there are a couple teams that I'm going to be doing extensive, extensive dives in that loss. The next is the Utah Jazz. This is four years in a row where they've had a disappointing exit in the playoffs. Well, I guess you maybe the first year wouldn't I wouldn't say necessarily disappointing because again they beat OKC and then was it lost to Utah? I believe it was. But every single time that the Utah Jazz lose in the playoffs, we specifically say it's Rudy Gobert's fault. This time, we're here to say that it's Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell's fault. Donovan Mitchell didn't necessarily show up in the times where they needed him to show up. Mike Conley was a non-asset for the Utah Jazz whatsoever. 
And Rudy Gobert, as usual, getting eaten up in the pick and roll was it was embarrassing to watch. It was genuinely embarrassing. I'm not necessarily in favor of teams blowing up, you know, after losing in a weird fashion. But this is the one team in the league right now that genuinely should just blow it up and start from scratch. I don't care if you're trying to build around Donovan Mitchell. I don't care if you're pulling the Indiana Pacers and just trying to reload right now, or I guess Portland being more realistic issue, or just trying to reload as opposed to rebuild. But something does have to change about this roster. If we come back next year and their top seven in the rotation is Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, uh, Royce O'Neal, Boyan Badanovich, Rudy Gobert, Jordan Clarkson, and Daniel House, expect me to cook this team the entire season. I would be absolutely gutting into this team next season. Because this team, this season, this team is, I'm done falling for the regular season stuff. I'm done with it. There are certain teams that I, it was Portland for the last seven years or whatever. This time it's the Utah Jazz. I'm done falling for the regular season with them getting, you know, potentially 50 wins in a regular season. I'm done with it if it means nothing come playoff time. This team has not sniffed a conference finals appearance. Almost did last year, I will admit. But then Terrence Mann, of all people, ruined that. Next with Donovan Mitchell. Again, has been he had a classic, classic series a duel with Jamal Murray was two years ago in the bubble. Last two seasons, playoffs just ain't been it for him. He just has not been the, the cut of the, the has not been cut from that claw of being a playoff performer. That has to end. I'm done with Rudy Go- having to talk about Rudy Gobert being a pick and roll liability going up against quick guards. It was like that with James Harden. It was like that with Jamal Murray. It wasn't a pick and roll thing, but it was still quick guards in Terrence Mann. Now it is Jalen Brunson. Four years in a row has been cooked to shreds by a, uh, a, a quicker guard. Just taking advantage of the fact that this man is a complete waste of space. God knows, only the Lord knows who takes on that $200 million contract from Rudy Gobert. But I guarantee you, unless it's genuinely a front office thing, Rudy Gobert ain't going to be back on this team next year. God, again, uh, is that is that, I'm just thinking about it in my head now. Is that those? Is that the Portland guy? Is Port, that Portland's number two next year? Is that going to be Rudy? Is that going to be Donovan Mitchell? Who knows? Is Anthony Simons a Utah Jazz as a point guard next year? Who even knows at this point? But the, what has to change is these two: Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, being the two best players on this Utah Jazz team. One has to go. If both goes, by all means, start the rebuild. But you can't sit here and tell me there's a legit reason why they should bring back Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Not that they won't bring him back, but should bring him back. Because this, again, this team ain't it. Again, you're going to have, I hate talking about them, but the Lakers could potentially be reload next year if they do do a Pacers or Hornets trade with Russell Westbrook. Who knows? If they bring back the same roster, the Lakers ain't going to be nothing next year. Let's keep it a band. But you're going to have a Warriors team that's still going to be really good because they got the young guys. You're going to have a Suns team that, again, just won 64 games. I don't see why they'd be regressing 
that hard next year. They might win like 58 games, and but uh, and that could be seen as a regress. But they're not going to be a team that's outside the top four in the playoffs. Um, you're going to see potentially uh, Memphis is still going to be good next year. Um, Sacramento, you can ever take whatever you you how you feel about that team could still be uh, could potentially be decent. Dallas is going to be a playoff team next year because Luke is probably going to be an MVP candidate next year. Um, the Nuggets, they're going to be fully healthy. I fully expect that team to be a playoff team next year. The Pelicans, they're show right. They just showed right there this year again. They lost, but God knows this this team fully healthy is going to be dangerous next year. Knowing that they're going to be, they got they're going to get a twenty seven point per game score back next year. Hopefully, that's going to be scary for the for the league. Houston's on the come up. San Antonio, give or take, with the coaching situation is going to be in the, like next year. They still got a hell of a young core next year. Whether they want to bring back Lonnie Walker or not, they still got a good young core and a good draft pick this year. So they're going to be more than willing to come back. OKC has 597 draft picks for the next 10 years. Guarantee you, one of those guys is going to turn into a superstar. Don't get it twisted. That team is going to be good next year. If Minnesota brings back Pat Bev this year, best believe Minnesota is going to be a playoff team next year. Again, give or take with Portland's situation, I don't know what Portland's going to look like next year, whether if it's Rudy Gobert is the second-best player, whether if it's – God knows who's going to be the second guy that they want to bring next to Dame. Maybe it's Beal. Who knows? But that team is going to be potentially decent next year if not in the same spot. Utah has no room. They, I don't see Utah being better than any of those teams I just named except for maybe Sacramento and maybe – like, again, guaranteed the bottom-feeding teams like OKC, Houston, whatever – but outside of the teams that are currently in fishing of a playoff spot, the only team I see them being better the next year is potentially Portland. Now, that's because I think the Portland experiment is going to flop. That's the only team I see being better than Utah next year, which is why Utah should just blow it up anyway. If you want to send both Donovan and Rudy and you can go get whatever expiring contracts, Anthony Simons, whatever, and let just let Portland do the Lakers experiment of three max contracts and a bunch of minimums, or even like Brooklyn, then by all means let them do that. But I would not at at all like to see this Utah Jazz team try to work through this experiment of losing four years in a row in the most disappointing fashions ever. Say that's an exaggeration. I don't care. This team is genuinely they have no direction there's zero young talent next to donovan mitchell on this team and even then donovan mitchell is like 23 24 maybe even 25 at this point so even considering him to be like the future of the utah jazz could be an understatement by the time they're actually ready to rebuild sad but true he'll be 27 28 by the time that happens Everybody on this team, Bogdanovich is 30-plus. Royce O'Neal is like 29. They got rid of Ingles, who was with 30-plus. Rudy Gobert is hitting 30. Mike Conley is one of the older guards in the NBA at this point. Jordan Clarkson is almost 30. Like, literally, Daniel House, I think, is almost 30. Like, literally, every other player on this team that plays significant minutes is 30 or higher. Except for Royce O'Neal, which, again, he's hitting 30 at the end of his, at the end of his contract. 30-plus at the end of his contract, so it doesn't really matter. Literally, 30-plus everywhere on this team except for Donovan Mitchell. There's, like, Jared Butler. But, again, their Jazz ain't going to build around Jared Butler, so it's useless. Same with Eric Paschal and Udoka Azubuike, et cetera, et cetera. They're not going to be rebuilding around those guys. So, again, does not matter. 
Quinn Snyder is likely gone. Again, after four years of not touching the conference finals, not being really close to the conference finals in three of those four years, he's likely gone. And if he's if he's the next guy for the Lakers, then so be it. I would hate for the Lakers to ruin yet another good coach, but if he's the next guy up, then so be it. But this has to end. This this entire experiment has to end. <sighs> next team, the Denver Nuggets. I have literally nothing for the Denver Nuggets because, again, they just got to get their two guys healthy. I think this team is still a contender next year if, again, huge if. But if Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are both healthy, I can see this team potentially. If, if, shoot, if you want to flip Michael Porter Jr., but then so be it. But if these these two teams or two these two guys fully healthy with a somewhat revamped roster surrounding Jokic with a couple of shooters, expect expect this team to be back next year. Shoot, if you want to do a Gary Harris reunion, get a three and D guy. By so be, by all means, I wouldn't be I wouldn't hate it for Denver. Like I said, just it's really just depth because like Zeke Najee and Devon Reed and guys like that get like BT. Like that shouldn't be happening next year. They this team should be a lot deeper. I do expect them to definitely hit the uh the veteran market. Maybe in another uh, Andre Iguodala reunion potentially. I, like I said, there's not a whole lot of vets that Denver could want in the near future. As a, I mean, all right, all right, want is a stretch. Guys that would actually come to Denver is an interesting one for me because like. Even it's, it's it's Kyle Anderson maybe like there are certain uh, I don't know if I'd like that fit actually but uh Ricky Rubio potentially again I don't necessarily want that or they don't even think they need Ricky Rubio because Monte Morris is more than enough at a, as a backup point guard like I said Gary Harris is probably the the number one guy potentially a Thaddeus uh Thaddeus Young fit uh with Jokic I wouldn't even hate that honestly. Like, there are certain guys. Jeremy Lamb, I think, would be a, a good fit uh, on offense. Defensively, like, would be somewhat of a liability. But I wouldn't hate it. Torian Prince, I think, could also be an excellent fit. All right. So, all right. We'll do the free agency stuff when free agency comes. But similar to what we did last year. But, like, I will say this team is probably of the, all the teams that lost, except for maybe Brooklyn, I think this team has the highest upside next year. Ooh, actually, that might be that might because uh, Toronto Toronto's gonna look nasty next year. Toronto's gonna, a, another year of Scotty Barnes, which again I'm not necessarily a fan of him being the rookie of the year, but Scotty Barnes is still an absolutely amazing player, and I do I do think this Raptors team is gonna be a lethal team next year. Speaking of Toronto, I don't see them making too many major moves. I think Pascal is back on his team next year. They absolutely do have to hit the uh, – I wouldn't say have to, but I would like for them to hit the center market next year for two reasons. Reason number one, uh, like the 6-8 guy thing is, it, it you know, it, it's revolutionary. It it works well because it's different from everything else, everything else in the NBA. But it, I I just don't – I don't know how to put it. It's like – you can play with this the six the you can play this the six eight six nine everybody's you know tall and long and can defend thing, but when you again specifically to match up with Philly you're going to need another big man that can play defense. 
I don't know what is out there in free agency in the center in the center market, like outside of like use of Nurkic, but they're not, they're not they're not going to pay Nurkic, and he's not really the, the defender I think they want. There isn't a whole lot out there, like Serge Ibaka reunion maybe, if if that a Serge Ibaka re, a reunion is very much, uh, I don't know about I I just don't know about it like. Again, there's an there isn't a whole lot of of centers I'd say are on that market. Maybe like a Visa Zubak. I think he has a team option though, so like he'll probably be back with the Clippers. Um, like I said, there's just isn't a whole lot on the market when it comes to like big body, good defensive centers out there. So that'll probably be a struggle for them. Maybe hit the trade market if there is a a Pascal for um. Miles Turner offer out there, maybe take that, or uh, like I'm sure there'd be more stuff thrown in there for on Indiana side, but I wouldn't hate a Miles Turner versus uh, for a Pascal Siakam centered around trade, you know, do something different in Toronto and get the big man that I think they would need to go up against Philly, but again, that's just me. <sighs> Next. I don't want to do this, but it's it's the Chicago Bulls. Again, I said that you want to copy and paste everything I just said about Toronto with Chicago. I love Vucevic. I got to watch him live a few times when he was with Orlando Magic. I just don't think he was the exact the the exact guy that they like if. You swap the Bulls and the Magic right now. Like, you just undo that trade. And Orlando still has Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner on this team. I think the Chicago Bulls team is a lot better than what they are now. Like, you still have DeRozan. You still have, uh, what's his face? You, uh, you still got Lonzo. You still got Caruso with Zach and Wendell Carter. As the, what Wendell Carter is right now with Orlando being a good defender. Honestly, a better defender than Vucevic. I don't think they beat the Bucks. Don't get it twisted, but they're a lot better of a team, and it's probably a lot more competitive of a series. But Giannis just ate the paint alive, going against six four dudes and Nikola Vucevic. I don't see. I don't know. Again, I don't know what direction they go because they just spent all their money last year on the three the three guys. Again, it's still a fun team. Like, obviously, number one is bring back Zach Levine. But it's like, I don't know what you do after you bring back Zach. Because, again, you're likely digging into the tax at that point. Do you, like, JaVale McGee, if he doesn't re-sign with the Suns? Maybe Bismack Biombo also, if he doesn't re-sign with the Suns? Like, there isn't a whole lot, a, a huge market for of uh, centers this year. There's a lot of wing, veteran wings that are, are good defenders and good shooters that could, uh, could, uh, impact this team, but again, they don't need wing depth. They need big man depth. Because again, the Bulls have zero big bigs off the bench. Like Tristan Thompson, obviously, does not work for this Bulls team. Because again, he isn't the best defender. Neither is Nikola Vucevic, which I think is why guys like Giannis and Bobby Portis and even Grayson Allen was eating them alive. Brooke Lopez, shoot, Brooke Lopez in the first two games looked like prime Brooke Lopez out there. But it's like. I don't see where Chicago goes after this. Like I said, they're still a good team. They'll still be a playoff team next year. But it's like, how do they take that next step from, you know, just barely playoff team to being looked at as 
basically what they were looked at as of January, February this year, a contender. That's all you like you said. That's what they all they really wanted at the end of the day is just to be looked at as a contender. Next, Atlanta Hawks. God, Trey Young. <laughs> I, again, this isn't going to be. I'm not dogging Trey Young in this episode at, at all. Like I said, Trey Young is still an All Star point guard, still top five point guard in the league. No matter what y'all say about him, he's still top five. But Jesus Christ, Miami put the absolute whooping on this dude. They actually. Like they literally froze up Trey Young, they literally froze up Ice Trey Young. That is actually wild to me that Miami, except for game th- four three, I was trying to think it was three or four. The f- yeah the first game yeah the first the first home game. So yeah, it was game three. Outside of game three, where Trey Young had the crazy fourth quarter, they legit put this man on ice. Shout out to Bogdanovich. <clears throat> Jesus. Shout out to Bogdanovich trying to keep them in there. Same with DeAndre Hunter. DeAndre Hunter had a couple of good, really good games in this playoffs. But it just wasn't enough, man. Like I said, they they were good Trey Young performances away from this probably being a seven-game series, in all honesty. Still think Miami wins, but Trey Young definitely would – a good Trey Young performance would definitely help with a lot of – especially in the games where uh, Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry missed. They definitely would have won that game. They definitely would have won game five if uh, just a good Trey Young performance. But shout out to P.J. Tucker, man. Again, 36, 37 years old at this point in his career. This man is still an absolute menace on the defensive end. It is wild to me that he is still that good this late in his career. But, uh, yeah, Atlanta, again, a, a Capella trade likely does happen. Um, I don't see who <laughs> I keep wanting to say Portland just to troll, but it's like, but at this point, it might actually be a Portland thing. At really, at this point, it might actually be Portland that that takes on a click. Imagine if Clint Capella is the second best player on this Portland Trailblazers team next year. I might actually lose it on this podcast if they go into training camp with Clint Capella is this number two guy and it with Damian Lillard in the pick and roll. I might actually lose it. <laughs> Oh boy, I'm all right. I'm done trolling the Blazers at this point. But yeah, with that series, in all seriousness, no, in all seriousness, with Atlanta, this team actually does not look bad on paper. But one thing I do want to question, and again, I'm not going to be that guy when it comes to oh, this person put up this points in this much minutes. But is there a reason that Kevin Knox just didn't get any playing time? I understand that you have somewhat of a deep team and they still favor Gallinari and Bogdanovich and, like, you know, the guys that they have on the roster, Kevin Herter, et cetera. But it wouldn't hurt to have another 6'8", 6'9", guy that can shoot decent enough defender that can he can stay in front of his man. I don't see why not play him. Again, you're going to lose anyway, so you might as well just give him a test run to see how he does. I would, I probably would have played again. I again ignoring the ten points in seven minutes thing or four minutes or whatever, twice. But I, I, I legit don't understand why he he didn't get any literally any PT when he came to Atlanta. I felt like when the the um the Cam Reddish trade happened, I thought it was a W for both teams because Kevin Kevin uh, Kevin Knox gets to play with Atlanta hopefully, and Cam Reddish gets to play with the Knicks hopefully. Granted, it took like game 75 for Cam Reddish to play for the Knicks, but he got PT nonetheless. Atlanta just didn't get that, that, uh, they just didn't capitalize this on the same way as, uh, 
with Kevin Hurt or Kevin Knox. Jesus, so many Kevins in the NBA. But it's like, like I said, it's just weird to me. I wouldn't say it's a, the, the wrong thing to do. I just thought it was weird that he didn't get a whole lot of PT. I'm trying to think, is that everybody that I've talked about? We talked about Denver. We talked about uh, Utah. We talked about. Who do we, who, oh, yeah, we talked about the Pelicans in the West. I think we talked about everybody, which is. Or everybody that lost, I should say. Let me preference by saying that. I'm trying to think. I'm tr- I was trying to get all the losing teams out the way so we can. Uh, I wouldn't say predict, but so we can talk about the uh, the upcoming second round, uh, Eastern Conference semis, which is going to be a fun semifinals. With, with the three series we currently have locked in, these are going to be all fun series to watch. I'm genuinely actually, like I said, Dallas and Phoenix even is very interesting to me because I want to see how Phoenix guards Luka. Do they? I mean, I'm sure Mikael Bridges, 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 bruh. Mikael Bridges is probably going to get that matchup, and Chris Paul is likely guarding Jalen Brunson, which that I'm even exciting. I'm excited. I'm very excited for. But it's like it's going to be interesting how they guard the Eastern Conference. You can just call those those two games, those two series are going to be the NBA Finals to me. That's going to be the NBA Finals. Like Boston and Milwaukee, that's a, a marquee matchup anywhere. Miami and Philly is going to be a mark. It's going to be. Fun to watch Miami guard Joel Embiid after they just had a complete game plan for Trey Young. Two completely opposite different players. Two completely different game plans. Let's see how Miami adjusts. But I think, yeah, I think this everybody we talked again. So yeah, we talked about Toronto. We talked about Philly. We talked about Chicago. And we talked about what's the other team? Why am I blinking already? <laughs> Y'all are witnessing a live brain cramp on the podcast. Which is, I mean, it's obviously not the first one that I've had, but it's like, I do to, that's why I usually edit these out, but I want y'all to see the actual process of my brain being this. All right, so literally mid-brain cramp, which by the way, is the Brooklyn Nets, the other team, we definitely did talk about them, but mid-brain cramp, I got a phone call from one of my homies, and literally it was to tell me that, hey, did you watch last night's Mavs Utah game? And I told him I was in the middle of the podcast, and he was like, okay, but did you watch it? Why would I be doing a podcast on it if I didn't? You know what? I'm, again, I don't want to get in the mouth. Shout out to my homies, though. I love them. I love them, my homeboys. Those are my dogs, obviously, for a reason. But, yeah. um, Like I said, before we get into more NBA talk, I do want to talk about the NFL draft. Obviously, I'm not the biggest college football guy in the, in the world, so don't uh, <laughs> don't get me uh. Any you know hate for anything I say, uh, Baltimore, I the Cardinals trading a first round pick for Mark, uh, for Hollywood Brown, high key a dumb move. Um, Pittsburgh getting uh Kenny Pickett, I absolutely love it as a Steelers fan. Just okay, all right. So literally, as I'm just as literally notification just popped up on my phone. Trevor Bauer uh suspension for violating the uh, MLB's joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy two years he's suspended for two years that's actually crazy it's said to be the longest for a player under the policy bauer uh, announced he is immediately appealing the suspension that's actually kind of wild to me in other news uh zion williamson could be making uh 22 uh, 223 million dollars over five years on a potential extension with the pelicans without even playing Two and a half, two seasons basically. 
He missed half of last season, half of his rookie year, and all of this season. So two seasons, basically. And he's already eligible for 223. That is actually wild. Granted, I don't think they're going to give him the full max, you know, generational talent or not, because that man absolutely can't. But yeah. I don't even want to talk about Zion no more. <laughs> like, like I feel like we've talked about we've had certain topics where we just done talking about it. We're done talking about the Lakers. We're done talking about Portland. We're done talking about Zion. And we're done talking about Ben Simmons. So like literally, I said my piece on the Ben Simmons stuff on the last episode. If y'all y'all can go check that out if you uh, if you missed that. But the Ben Simmons stuff has absolutely it's it's ruining my mental health at this point. Just talking about Ben Simmons. Like it's it's not Ben Simmons being the person, but just the entire situation is just it is it's it's mind consuming. I I hate it and it's annoying to even have to deal with. It. But all right, we're getting off topic. Point is, we're I'm not all right. I almost don't want to talk about these series. Literally, I don't want to talk about the second round because again, I want to save it for either tomorrow or Sunday when we do it with Orion. But I'm just saying these three series are going to be absolutely fun. Fun to watch. And even whether it's Minnesota or Memphis versus Golden State, that's also going to be fire. That's going to be – though. that might – who no matter who comes out in that series, that might be my favorite series. That's genuinely – that genuinely could be my favorite series, but only for, for two reasons. One, because obviously, like, it's going to be – it's going to be a situation – it's going to be – it's just – Golden State is such a fun team to watch, but also Minnesota and Memphis has genuinely been my favorite series so far. Like it's it's so wild to me. But um a couple other things. We did see Devin Booker come back last night. So like that was like first of all, that Suns Pelicans game in general was just fun to watch. But it's like and Chris Paul going uh literally perfect from the field. Proven again why I've been a, I've been such a Chris Paul mark literally since I was a kid. I love because again, I'm a very IQ based guy when it comes to basketball because I that's what I use when I played basketball. I wasn't the fastest guy, I wasn't the strongest guy, I wasn't the quickest guy, I wasn't really. The, I mean, I was tall, but I wasn't the tallest guy. But I always had I always was trying to like stay two three steps ahead of a lot of the people I played with, and that's kind of how I got by on the basketball court. Now. You know, all of a sudden I got a jump shot, so I'm basically relying on my jump shot all of a sudden. But I don't want to get it twisted. I'm absolutely, I love it. I love it, man. Whew. It's weird. I don't know what, to, like I said, I don't, I don't want to pad these episodes out, but it's like it's almost like nothing else to talk, like talk about. Like we've, like I said, we've basically done a deep dive on most of the stuff that, again. Oh, all right. Most definitely. Um, I try, I'm trying to remember when the draft lottery is. I believe it's May twelfth that we're getting to it. Uh, I think it's. I believe it's May twelfth. I'm gonna look it up real quick. But I will. All right. As soon as literally, uh, as soon as the draft lottery hits and we find out who draft, I will be doing my uh, my draft my, my mock draft. Literally, I will. I will be all right. So 
can be announced as early candidates for 2022 draft. But or it's May 17th, by the way, is the draft lottery. May 17th. Literally on May 18th, or I guess it would be, hey, that's a Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, I'll be doing on Friday my mock draft, my mock draft, mock draft for uh for the NBA. Because, like I said, there's certain guys that I would like to go to my team, but I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be that guy that's that wants to that oh I'm gonna have my team here at the first pick because you know I want my team to get such and such. But I right, literally as soon as the official list comes out of who wants to. Uh, As soon as the official list comes out or the official uh, draft uh, ranking, I will absolutely be watching. Or I'll be absolutely have the lips. I'm sorry. I'm mad distracted right now. I'm just reading stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'll definitely be reading. I'll definitely be getting those those stuff in there. I'll definitely be getting that, uh, the mock draft. But yeah, uh, I think we can. Yeah, I think we'll close the podcast out. This what thirty seven minutes. That's not too bad. Like I said, again, I want to make these. I do want to make these longer because again, it's just turning into the old way, but less episodes. But like I said, it's absolutely stuff to. Uh, it's definitely stuff to want to talk about. I definitely want to do these because again, like these are episodes. Like I said, because last year the episodes that we did with like. The rankings and you know redrafts and stuff like stuff like that, absolutely banger episodes. Some of my my most viewed actually is a com- combination of those, which is top ten shooting guards and twenty eighteen redraft. Literally, is my most watched episode, and I absolutely I'm a fan of because t- again, that's just, literally is me and my two homies just honestly just going crazy for two and that's honestly longer. I was gonna say two and a half hours, but it might have hit the three hour mark in that episode. That episode is actually pretty wild if y'all haven't already checked that out. So if y'all, like I said, if y'all want to go check that out, we all are more than more than uh, inclined to check those out because again, those are early early OG episodes. Like I believe that's actually the first episode that I did in my in the new house, which is actually wild that I even said that. But it's like I think legit that's the first episode I did in the new house. So if you like, I said if y'all want to check that out, y'all more than inclined to check that out. But if you missed any other episodes, y'all can, of course, check them out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts, and, of course, right here on Anchor. Until next time, I love you. You love me. Let's love each other. Goodbye.